Warning, Marriage on the Rocks provides unfiltered, unconventional, and sometimes unwelcomed relationship advice. Seth and Crystal are certified relationship coaches who have adopted specific methods that work very well for them. Your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 105th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. And I'm Seth. Every week we have a drink with our discussion. And for the month of June, we are featuring all of our favorite summer cocktails. And um, as usual, we posted another video on our Marriage on the Rock Speakeasy Facebook group. So if you want to know what we're drinking, you're going to have to join the group and check it out. We can say what this one is because nobody knows. Oh, yeah. It's a yeah, M-O-R- MOTR mule. Yeah, it's a Marriage on the Rocks mule. Mm-hmm. The only thing that you can tell is in it if you're watching is jalapenos. Yeah. Yeah. This is a must-have drink. It's so you good. You have to try it. Yeah. So join the Speakeasy group. Um, I think before we get started, let's remind everybody about the website. Okay. Yeah. So um, our, our website launched a few months ago, um, marriageontherocks.net, and you, where you can find um, all of our merch um there's workout plans there there's uh nutrition advice marriage advice or marriage coaching mm-hmm. um all so, of our episodes are there yeah all of our episodes so check out marriageontherocks.net mm-hmm. um and give it a look yeah we we you know we've talked on here before about how we're personal trainers if you live near or around the tulsa broken arrow area we are actually providing um you you have been just yeah. at other places, but we actually have finished our own gym here, and uh, we are providing in person personal training and nutrition coaching as well. Yeah. Uh huh. So check it out. Yes, check it out. And make sure and rate and review us. Yeah. Rebet, say that. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Rate and review us, and click the little subscribe button on our YouTube channel mm-hmm. if you're watching. Yep. So, um, last week we talked about deal breakers for people that were kind of in, I guess, more so single people. Yeah, it was, uh, it was people identifying deal breakers as they were early me- on. meeting people, like first one to three dates. Yeah. Like, if they do these things, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. and, and kind of into that couple of more weeks type of period, as you really were kind of getting to know the person. Right, Yes. So this week we are continuing the three-part series and we're talking about uh, deal breakers when you're more so in a committed type relationship. Yeah, you're, you're hitting that point where you're, you're committed, maybe you're about to move in with this person, get married, or get engaged, whatever it may be, and you're at that point in a relationship, so there are still deal breakers at that point. Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying the drink? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> you just, I just I got like a, you were super Well, smiling. I got like a little like... A little chunk, I think. Of, is it jalapeno or lime? I couldn't tell which one it was. But yeah, it was good. Mm. It was really good. Mm, mm. So yummy. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, more committed relationships. Yeah, more so the uh, moving in type phases and stuff yeah. like that. Yep. But before we get started with that, Seth has his dumbass post of the week. Can I click that back on? And then I blocked what I was going to read. All right, so this week's dumbass post of the week is... If you don't occasionally give them the finger behind their back, is it really love? Uh, yeah, that's not love. It's really love if you occasionally give them the finger in their back door. <laughs> right? 
But yeah, I mean, you see this where it's like, I've seen it before. You know I love you if you piss me off when you walk away, I flip you off behind your back. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's not, that reminds me of when I was a kid and I would get yelled at. <laughs> Yeah. And my parents, you know, my parents didn't curse at me and I didn't curse really. I, I didn't really, you know, even really know how to curse. I well, think you, it was were, kind of, you were raised in a very Christian household. Yeah. So. And so when I would get in trouble and I would, I would get angry, I would be in person probably pretty respectful. Mm-hmm. And then if, if they were chewing me out or if I, if I just, you know, of course, didn't think I deserved to be grounded or, or whatever, my dad would scream and yell at me. And when he would leave, I would like phantom yell where I would just like, <laughs> like open my mouth like I was yelling and, yeah. and, and start flipping him off. Would you really flip him off or would you do the like? Yeah, the I, would wing, do, I would do the, 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 wing. the wing one, the fourth finger because <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that's funny i but know that's what i think that it, it's does a horrible, it, and my whole point behind that story is how immature you have to be yeah. and how immature your relationship is uh-huh. now i think that when do we flip each other off when we're working out yeah yeah well yeah okay so i'll i'll give you the wing too um if it's like if you're like all right we're gonna do this exercise and it's like super hard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, but I won't really flip you off. I'll flip the, flip off the. Oh no, you flipped me off before. Because <laughs> you'll do the the little, <laughs> the creep up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I take it. But back. it's it's not really out of anger. No, no, uh-uh. it's more out of being funny. It's fun immaturity, <laughs> not harmful immaturity. I know, right? Right? Yeah. Oh. All right. So. I guess diving on in, mm-hmm. what what we've got with this list is, you know, the last one we, we talked about several different things from that very short term to long term. And when we meant long term, it was really contemplating getting into a long term relationship with them. So this one, you're in that long term relationship, mm-hmm. but are you really committed yet? And I think people could kind of split hairs on what that means and even the vernaculars behind it on, well, I think I, if you're in a long-term, you are committed. But this is really that we're taking the next step. We've been dating for quite some time now, and we are ready to take that next step, whatever that next step may be. Like we said, moving in together, getting engaged, buying a place to go, starting to really show more signs of a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and doesn't mean you're out of the weeds. You could still have deal breakers. This is one of those things where after you've kind of I, I look at sometimes some of this may be that you've mo- you've moved in together, mm-hmm. but you have figuring things yeah. out. I mean, a lot of people nowadays. I mean, we didn't follow a traditional path. It no. was, you know, we dated. You know, me and my son had our place, and you, you know, were kind of living out of there just by way of staying the night and being with me on certain mm-hmm. days. And it was like, well, this is just kind of ridiculous. You were about to start looking for your own place, mm-hmm. and it was like there's. Just move in. Yeah. You know, we want you here. Because um, I would have been with you anyway. Yeah. It was just a waste of money for you to get your own place. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was just really more about getting Seth's kind of blessing if he was comfortable yeah. with it. Uh-huh. And then and then it was really about a year later we got engaged. Mm-hmm. So we lived together for a full for year. A full year. Yeah. And I wasn't traveling at the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so we were really together the uh-huh, whole time so the we time. we and that that was really i think 
For me, that was when your probationary period started. <laughs> when, when we moved in together? Yeah, because it was really like, all right, I, I had I still had some PTSD from my ex on, I kept, I was waiting for the the curtain to be pulled back and me to actually see how you really were. Uh-huh. I thought that there was this, this closet bitch that I just hadn't unlocked yet that was waiting to come out, and so... You don't, for most people, if you think that exists, you don't get exposed to it unless you're living together. Right. And so I, I didn't have in mind that I'm going to live with her for a full year and then propose. Yes. I didn't have that right. kind of plan. It uh-huh. just kind of worked out it that w- way. And it was funny because it was like exactly a year pretty mm-hmm. much, huh? Because, yeah, we, because we moved in together in October. That was a jalapeno seed that got stuck right in my lip. That was hot. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and right. and so and then uh, my birthday is in October. So I think I moved in a couple days after my birthday, and then you proposed mm-hmm. a year later on my actual birthday. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it it really gave. I say me. I say I'm saying this from a totally selfish perspective. But it gave me an entire year to make sure you weren't fake. <laughs> yeah, I know. And waiting for those irritable things to pop up, waiting for the sex to slow down, waiting for a lot of what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of what I relate to that was that year, I call it the probation period, Mm -hmm. to see, is this going to work? Is this relationship, do do we have the legs and the compatibility to go past being roommates? Yeah. Um, You passed the test. (laughs) Well, so did you. So it's funny because like when... When we were very, it was very early when I moved, after I moved in, and, uh, and there was, the, we, you touched on it in the last episode about my dog trying to run away, mm-hmm. and I was actually telling Erica from Must Love Dogs, I was telling her about the story that my dog, how my dog ran away, and if something, God forbid, something bad would have, would have happened to him, I don't know if I would have been able to get past that. And, like, would that have been a deal breaker for, for our relationship? How could... That wasn't even my fault. I know! But, it, but like, somebody killing your dog? That would be... But pretty... I wouldn't have killed your dog. <laughs> you make it sound like I would have done I know. Done I that. know you wouldn't have if done that. If anything, him. it was my son's fault. <laughs> That's it's true. But, yeah, I think that that... That would have been pretty hard to like get over. And and then probably like with me thinking like, well, he has a kid and you know, I I always said I don't want kids and now his kid is almost killing my dog or has <laughs> killed, killed my dog, dog, you know? So <laughs> Well I guess and and I think one way to look at it is People that, and I know people will be like, it's not the same. So don't think that's what I'm saying, but I am. <laughs> when people lose a child, mm-hmm. they can't stay together. Mm-hmm. There's something oh, too that's painful to stay true. together. Now, yeah. losing a child is different than a pet, so I do get that. But I think that that's how you may have felt. felt. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, I think you say that at that point because there was still some rough edges with blade blade did not like me Mm -hmm. he had just bit seth on the face that week yeah and so there was some issues with him Uh and it could have looked like seth let him out because he was a pain Uh uh-huh if you would have seen the sheer 
panic in that kid's face. Really? Oh, he was scared. He was just, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I mean, he was scared to death that something uh-huh. bad was going to happen. And I was just so relieved I was able to catch him uh-huh. after running in traffic. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And we yeah, lived. And you didn't even witness it. That's the funny I thing. I know. And I got You didn't home. even see any of it happen. And I was crying. I was and like, I'm like, oh why gosh. are you crying? <laughs> what are you even crying? Was so, I was so mad at the dog for putting me through that. Uh-huh. That, yeah, I was like, why are you even crying about it? it nothing happened except I almost died. Oh, my dog almost <laughs> died. <laughs> That's what happened. But, yes, thank God. Everything happened <laughs> the way that it did, and you guys were able to. So I, to I'm save talking him. about not wanting to marry somebody fake, and the only thing you compare that <laughs> to is your dog trying to run away. <laughs> it's not comparable. I mean, jeez, that's what I, I. But that's where I come though, where the only thing that could have torn us apart or whatever. Well, see, I thought you were about to say something like. You know, what, some, I thought you were going to say something normal, like, <laughs> like, oh, you know, my ex never put the toilet lid seat down, and, and I, you know, I'm not tilting up that, you know, whatever. So uh-huh. uh, that's what I was kind of expecting. I didn't think you were going to talk about the lid. <laughs> um, all right. So, but with this one, uh, what they did was the Psychology Today interviewed or surveyed 2,744 different people, both mixed of men and women, and they were given a large list of, you know. Circle your top five deal breakers mm-hmm. in this point in your relationship. And uh, out of these, you know, 50 plus whatever options of deal breakers, they got it down to these top 17. Now, the top 17, the top 17 for men are the same top 17 for women, just not in the exact same order. Right. So they were able to get kind of an overall collective and say, well, these are the top 17 things. But priority wise, do men and women categorize them differently? Mm-hmm. And so you'll see that as we go through it, some of them are the same, and some vary a little bit as far as this is a little more important to men than women. So we're going to go from, I guess, least important to most important deal breaker, or least likely, I don't know mm-hmm. if I'd say least likely to cause a deal breaker, but you know, fewer answers to the most common. Mm-hmm. Least common to most common out of these... 17 most common ones already. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first the first bottom two, 17 and 16, from both sides are the exact same. Number 17 was that they are not athletic enough. Yeah, from both people, both men and women. Mm-hmm. They, uh, and, I mean, it's at the bottom of this list, but it made the top 17. Yeah, so it was the top of somebody. Out of the 2,744 people... A certain percent, uh, 7% of them out of that, this was their top mm-hmm. answer. So it was the top to somebody. Yeah. Um, so, but being not athletic enough. And it doesn't say not fit enough or mm-hmm. not attractive enough. You don't have, that doesn't mean it's the same thing. But it may be not athletic enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most women wouldn't probably wouldn't want a guy that's just completely unathletic whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I think... I, I was actually kind of surprised that that it men made cared. The, yeah, men's list. Period. Yeah. I know. Uh-huh. Unless it's like you need to be limber, like a gymnast. <laughs> I don't know. But funny enough, number sixteen, the one right after it, is they're too athletic. Uh huh. Yeah, I know. So they're both they're tied. I mean, they're really really close. Uh huh. The men actually are dead split. 
Part of them said too athletic, and the equal amount said not not athletic enough. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that sometimes you'll see women say, "Well, he's too athletic," especially if they're not. That that's where that that uh, you know some of that that those issues come in where it's like, "Well, he's obsessed with the gym," or he's you know he's he's obsessed with this, and yeah. I just don't want to go all the time. And there's just a well, difference. Well, and that's you where... would think that these people would kind of know before they even. You know, we're going this far into mm-hmm. this relationship that this person is obsessed with the gym. You right. know? Well, but I don't think it's all gym. I mean, if... Yeah, I guess that's If true. you and I, you know, we hadn't really done anything sports together, any type of athletic thing by the time before, you moved in. Before we Yeah, and if in, I had yeah. went to, you know, something with your family and I dribbled the ball like Stanley in <laughs> office, wouldn't you be kind of embarrassed? Like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? I, I, I think for some women, it's it's kind of a turnoff to see their man not be able to catch a ball, throw a ball, That's true. shoot a basket, yeah. carry themselves in an athletic way, uh-huh. where it's like, are you, are you left-handed? Why are you throwing like that? <laughs> what, I mean, because there's some people that just don't have the coordination because they didn't play it. Right, so, I know. So, once again, I, I find it... I can see guys saying, I have a problem with this girl being too athletic because they more guys look at it more as a competition. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to date a girl that's more athletic than me. Uh-huh. But I, I'm, I'm surprised that women would have too athletic on there and why men would have not athletic enough. Yeah, I you know. know. Those are weird. Yeah, I agree. But the next one, number 15 for men, was they're with someone that's too blunt. Now keep in mind that these 17 are, you're going to see the same things on both sides. So f- number 15 for men is too blunt. Number 15 for women is he has kids. Mm-hmm. That's a deal breaker. Yeah. Which, once again, that should be something that's identified early on. Right. But. But maybe the kids are becoming an issue at Well, this that's point. what I was going to say. One of the things that we had to navigate or what could have been a potential problem was you and I spent time together when my son was with his mom. Mm-hmm. And if once you move in and you're at this point in your relationship... Now the kids there, even half the time, can be 100% more than you're used to. Oh, yeah. Uh And it's like, well, I didn't know. You know, he was always on his best behavior when we would, I would come over and we would do this or he was doing that. But now I'm seeing the homework issues. I'm seeing attitude issues. I'm seeing talk back. I'm seeing he won't eat his food. Whatever it is that these kids do, maybe they don't respect you as a partner. Maybe... You know, so these issues with the kids start to pop up. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is a deal breaker. I thought that this, I didn't think it was going to be that big a deal. It wasn't a big deal that you had a child, but your child is Satan's spawn and I don't want to be around him. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. Some of y'all with kids, you ain't ever getting married again if you get divorced. Because <laughs> I've seen you bratty ass kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I mean, I remember, I, luckily and thankfully, Seth Jr. was good mm-hmm. with me, and I was always, I've, I have always said that I was just glad that he was a boy. And not a girl. And not a girl, because I wouldn't, I don't think that a girl and her daddy would be the <clears throat> same as mm-hmm. as the boy and, her, and his son. I don't know. Yep. I think she would have been witchy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Um, moving up. Number 14 for men is she's too quiet. Mm. Can't get her to communicate. She's not engaging. And I don't know if sometimes men may, may think, well, she shuts down. She gives the quiet treat or gives me the silent treatment, whatever may be behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, but number 14 for women was he doesn't want kids. 
Oh, yeah. That, that and yeah, that's So they had he has kids is a problem and doesn't want kids is oh. a problem. Is the doesn't want kids on the men's list? It is. It's this one's kind of weird because it's it's higher up, but you can see percentage wise. Uh huh. It was a, still a bigger problem for women. Oh, okay. You see what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's it's by like two percent. It's a bigger problem, but as far as placing Upon it the, on the list, uh-huh. it's it's higher on men's, but it's still statistically a bigger problem for women. Uh-huh. I don't know if I'm explaining that right. No, but, I think you are. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So that that's on there as well, but. You know, I, I think especially if you're someone that has always wanted kids, you know, being with someone that doesn't want kids is a big deal breaker. I mean, we were we were on the opposite end mm-hmm. of that. You know, neither one of us, I, I think people, and we, we, I think we talked about it before, but I, I dealt with it with your family specifically, thinking you wanted kids, but because of me, you changed your mind. Mm-hmm. And that was never the case, mm-hmm. but that consistently got thrown at me. Yeah. Like, well, I just, I wish, you know, she, she, she's always liked kids. And I'm like, really? Says who? Have you (laughs) even talked to her? She doesn't (laughs) like kids. (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a deal breaker though Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Yep. Whether you want kids or not. Mm Mm-hmm. So then that, that's where the very next one for men is doesn't want kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you get to the, for the woman, her number 13 is... He's too blunt. So him being too blunt is more of a deal breaker for women than it is for men. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably typically the case. Yeah. I don't think most... I don't think... There's more men that are too blunt than women that are too blunt. Yeah, that's true. I think it's more noticeable when a woman is too blunt. Yeah. Because there's not as many. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't want someone that was mm-hmm. too blunt. And you don't know those things, really. Until you are kind of living with them, though, mm-hmm. that they like, oh, geez, I didn't realize that how how you speak, yeah, how is, you talk to people, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So. Um, it, as we kind of do this, you'll you'll see really the importance to the opposite sexes. So if you on the women's, you know, Lower priority was they have kids as a deal breaker. Higher priority was they don't want kids. Mm -hmm. So that's a more of a deal breaker opportunity. If they say, well, he doesn't want kids, that's a more bigger deal breaker for me. For men, it's swapped. Men's was they don't want kids, Mm -hmm. was lower as a priority, but then their higher one is that she has kids. Mm. Yeah. So men, I've said it on here several times, um, and I am kind of the exception to the rule. I did want a child. I did want a boy. I did want one kid, and that's what I got, and I was done. I still firmly believe, based on multiple conversations I've had with men, with and without kids, men could give a shit Mm -hmm. if they have kids. Most men, doesn't mean that they have them and they're a bad dad. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean they have them and they're a bad parent or anything like that. Doesn't mean that they're not engaged. I'm just saying most men marry a woman because they want to spend the rest of their life with that woman they married. Mm-hmm. Not that they want to marry her and have her spit out kids and now I've got a big family I have to support and take care of. Some men want that, and that's fine. Some mm-hmm. men don't, and that's fine. I just still think that most men could really care less whether they they have kids or not. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really just, well, she wants kids, we'll have kids. Mm-hmm. You know? I know. So... I think that that makes perfect sense why it's 
if she has kids, that's a bigger deal breaker than if she doesn't want kids. Well, and I think that with that, I think that um, I think we've touched on it in a couple different episodes of women uh, having kids and specifically putting their child before their relationship, which I know that a lot of people can. I mean, it's like a big freaking debate whether or not you should put your I don't think you should put your relationship before your your new partner until you know that it's serious mm-hmm. at least but at this at this point if the man sees that she she just keeps putting the kid first mm-hmm. that's where it's becoming an issue yeah. and it's like come on hello well that, that's what when we talked about the questions they have to answer before you get married mm-hmm. um that i i, I talked about because I, I just listened to that not too long ago i talked about how you know your your partner should be your number one priority over their children mm-hmm. and what i didn't mean by that and i clarify on the episode all i'm not saying is you got a, a newborn or a three or four year old that can't take care of himself I'm not saying you put your new boyfriend or girlfriend over that child i'm saying you shouldn't probably date anybody period yeah that kid should be your number one priority. And until that child is old enough and independent enough to where they don't have to be your priority, and there's women out there that will rake me over the coals, well, he's always going to be my number one priority. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably again. not going to find... Have fun telling your cats how big of priorities you had when you were <laughs> younger. Because <laughs> your kid's going to grow up yeah. and find You should not play. be your child's number one priority yeah. as he or she transitions into adulthood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. But, you know, on the women's, it was number 15 that he has kids. But on the men's, it was up to number 12. Uh, that was like, well, she has kids, it's a deal breaker. Uh-huh. So it's a bigger deal to men. Yeah. Um, number 12 for women, though, was the too quiet thing. And for men, that was number 14. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, you, well, I think men that, men that are... Typically, when somebody says quiet, it doesn't mean that the... We're not saying you have to pick one or the other. Oh, he's, his mouth shut all the time, or he never shuts his trap. Mm-hmm. I think for some people, when you say, well, he's too quiet, it means they're shy, it means they're bashful, it means they're meek, it means they're, they lack confidence, they're not self-assured. There's other issues to that, I think, when somebody says, well, he's, he's too quiet. Mm-hmm. It's not just... It really means he doesn't know how to speak up when he should. Mm-hmm. And that's a sign of a, of a beta type of dude that most women don't want to really be around. I think yeah. for some that have been in an overpowered, controlled relationship, they think that's what they want. They want someone they can push around that isn't going to talk back and going to speak up. And they want that quiet person, but they get tired of stepping on that doormat after a while. Yeah, that's very true. And it it becomes irritating, like... Come on, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a fine line because for women, number 12 is too quiet. Number 11 is they talk too much. Yeah. That's funny. And this is where those funny memes come from. Uh-huh. You know, well, make up your mind. You want me to talk too much or not talk at all? And I know. That's why you have to find that, that middle ground. Uh-huh. Yeah. Number 11 for men is that she watches too much. They, they lumped video games and TV together. So when they say... Does he, she watch too much TV or play too many video games? Men checked for number 11, 
they watch too much TV. It just happened to be a video games. I don't think there's very many men out there, probably less than half a percent, that says, well, my girlfriend plays too many video games <laughs> yeah. and doesn't pay attention to me. Uh-huh. So what they really mean is she watches too much TV. When she's home, she's watching Netflix. She's watching The Bachelor. She's watching Bachelorette. She's watching reality shows. She's watching America's Got Talent. That was one of my biggest complaints about my ex-partner mm-hmm. was she watched way too much TV. And it wasn't just that she watched too much TV. She watched too much TV that I didn't give a shit about. Uh-huh. And so it was a problem. Well, I know. And that's the thing. It's like, is it... It's is it too much TV because you're not enjoying it, mm-hmm. and is it the video games because you're not playing or enjoying that too mm-hmm. with your partner? Then yeah, that it does become a problem. Yep. Um, I mean, I guess we are lucky enough that we I enjoy well we enjoy playing video games together, mm-hmm. and and then I enjoy watching you play video games like the Red right Dead. kind of video. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Um, So moving up for number 10, this is where men put that she talks too much. So it's a bigger deal for men that a woman talks too much. Um, Because for men, number 10 is talk too much, but number 14 was too quiet. For women, they were back to back too quiet, talks too much. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So for men, there's a bigger gap that Mm -hmm. it's way less important that they're too quiet. Mm -hmm. And a way bigger deal that they... Don't shut their yap. <laughs> yeah. Number 10 for women is he has a low sex drive. Oh. Now, that's on the men's, but we haven't gotten it yet because it's higher up on their priority list than women. Yeah. So, for women, top 10. We're in the top 10 now. At least that's in the top 10 for women, honestly. Like, I I would have thought that a lot of women would have it lower mm-hmm. on their priority. Yeah, I would have too. I really would have. Um, the next one is the same. Number nine for both parties is they, he or she is too stubborn. Oh, yeah. So they both picked the same one for that. Um, you know, dealing with a stubborn partner is exhausting. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that's where the not listening and you don't, you know, you just have to figure out things on your own and all that stuff. It can just, it, it can wear on you. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever been with a stubborn person really yeah Mm-mm. number eight for men is she has no self-confidence and number eight for women this is where we see it so this is number 11 for men but number eight for men or I'm sorry but eight for women is he plays too much video games oh yeah and it's not just the difference between number 11 and number 8. The number 11 for men was only 25% of the respondents put that. For women, 41% put that their partner plays too many video games. Oh, my god! So it's not just that three-digit jump. You're talking almost 20% more women have a problem with their partner. And this is something that fucking men need to listen to. Yeah. Video games have replaced the complaint of my husband sitting around all day on Sunday watching football Mm -hmm. women today that are progressing into adulthood and getting relationships would probably give anything to have one day a week for their man was useless yeah yeah that's true if i just had to worry about 16 weeks out of the year one day one day a week or even if they wanted to count college football and say saturdays and sundays and thursday evenings and monday evenings 
you know, whatever, mm-hmm. that would be better than my lazy-ass boyfriend that when he's home, he's in front of the fucking computer, the TV, playing video games 100% of the time. I know. Because that's how these guys are. Yeah, that's true. I know. But then, like, you saying that, guys That's would be why like... Low Sex Drive made the list for women. Yeah. That's why it's in their top ten. Uh-huh. Because because of dudes playing video games, men have replaced <laughs> sexual pleasure with video games to yeah, a point. That's true. You know. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, number seven for women, number eight for men was no self confidence. Number seven for women is no self confidence. But the percentages is where you have to look at that. So you may say, well, it's eight for men, seven for women, but it's a well, it goes from thirty three percent to almost fifty percent. For women have almost forty-seven percent oh, had a problem wow. with it. Well, I think it's huge. Oh, I yeah. think that's a big deal. So it's it's misleading when you look at the health yeah. places. Uh-huh. But you know, only thirty percent of men had a problem with it, but almost fifty percent of women had a problem with yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's a big deal. I mean, it's I'm I'm glad that you have you have a good amount of self confidence. You're not you don't you're not like I don't know conceited or cocky but i guess some people would i was gonna say, say there's be. probably a lot of people that would highly disagree with that <laughs> I know. but um it's just because i don't like you <laughs> and you let me railroad your dumb ass <laughs> but i think that i think that it's sexy for a guy to be confident and um and i think that when you don't have it it's it's uh, it makes your partner unattractive, and I think that that's where the woman ends up having a lower sex drive because they don't want a <clears throat> n- not a an unconfident uncom- man yeah. <laughs> to be pawing at her. Right. Well, and he probably wouldn't be pawing at her. He would because be, he wouldn't have the confidence. He'd be begging her. Yeah. And that just, he would be chasing her. That does. That's not sexy. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you need a guy to take control. I I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of women would be like, "Fuck that." Mm-hmm. But I think I think so. Yeah. I think I I like it, but there's times where I like to be in control. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> um. So number seven. So it was number seven for women. No self confidence. Mm-hmm. Number seven for men was low sex drive. And this is where you had about 25% of women had the low sex drive, but about 40% of men oh, said wow. it's a deal breaker if she has a low sex drive. Uh-huh. Um, well, a, if you asked was confident, dude, maybe she'd have a higher sex drive. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I know that this is just always going to be a higher complaint for men than women. I know. Um, and I think that even, even as we tend to meet and see more women that are are confident with their sexuality and pursuing that and taking control of sexual situations for every one of those there's 150 more that aren't in the mood mm-hmm. and so these dudes end up being with that you know part of this is a compatibility issue that's why we've talked about it. you know if you're a woman and Low sex drive is an issue for you. It's a deal breaker if your man doesn't have it. Don't be with a guy that's got his face stuck in video games all day. Yeah. And dude, if you want to have sex all the time, 
don't partner up with somebody that just occasionally wants to have sex. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we've said it on here a hundred times, it's not gonna, nobody's gonna ever want to have more sex. It's always gonna be less and less and less. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're, you know, in heading into that committed relationship and you want to get engaged and she's already started to cut you off or punish you with no sex here and there and, you know, you're down to once or twice a week and you're not satisfied, you're not gonna get more satisfied. Mm-mm. No. No. Yeah, um, it is always a big issue though. Mm-hmm. And it's it's never going to change. I don't think it's ever going to change. No. Uh-uh. I don't think so. Mm-mm. Um number 6 for both is tied at bad sex. Oh, wow. Yeah. So well, bad I, sex is a bigger deal breaker than, than not enough sex. Wow. Which I would have thought it would have been the other way around. Yeah, me too. I think, and I'm glad it worked that way because I think a lot of these women that have low sex drives think that any kind of sex is good for their, that their husband would enjoy. Yeah. And it's not the case. Mm -mm. Men and women both want good sex. Actually, the percentages were higher for women. Oh, really? There were 50, men were at 44. So there was a 6% difference. Well, I mean, I think that, yeah, because I think that, well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, because yeah. guys, yeah, they're like, oh, I just want Women sex. would be more quality focused than yeah, quantity, and exactly. I think men would still be more quantity. But them being at the same level kind of disproves that. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, no, I want I want good sex. Yeah. Not, I don't want bad sex. Because I, I think well, that... Well, maybe that, it's just that the guys are like, I, I feel like we're not having enough sex. And then the women is like, yeah, but... Uh, if we would have good sex, maybe we would have enough sex. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but if men are saying that they're having that bad sex is a problem too, mm-hmm. it's. I, I think that what what can tend to happen is the woman gives up and feels defeated. It's like, okay, fine. You want to have sex? We'll have sex. <laughs> and then it's not enjoyable. Yeah. And she thinks, well, he got to get off, so he got what he wanted. It's like, well, no, that's not... That's what he true. wanted he wanted engaging sex with you not uh-huh. just for you to spread your legs and say okay get on top and get it over with uh-huh. there i did my i did my wifely duty for the week mm-hmm. because that's how some women approach it i know and they want that they put that check in the block and then they want to be like shut up i gave it to you tuesday and he's like yeah but you were like a dead fish that's mm-hmm. not that doesn't count if you're not into it and you don't want to do it it doesn't count and that's where the argument just spirals out of control Mm -hmm. because she has to buck up and admit that she is not sexually attracted to that partner and what do we do from here Mm -hmm. what do where do we go from here because she doesn't want to have sex with you at all yeah or if the only time she wants to have sex with you is when she's drunk because she basically drank you pretty dude (laughs) to where she gave in to have sex with you I mean, that's men are almost too stupid to be offended by that, and they'll play that up like, "Oh yeah, cool, we get we get to have good sex when she's drunk." Well, that should actually be more offensive to you. I know that the only time she wants to have sex with you or have good sex is when she's drunk. I mean, that's would she do that with anybody? (laughs) I I mean, uh, but I think that, like I said, I think some guys are just too stupid to even be offended by that. I know. That's so, true. <laughs> My gosh. They think it's a good thing. Yeah, it's not, dude. Sorry. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I give my wife 
two ambience and a glass of wine, and it's the best sex ever. God. And she doesn't remember any of it. That's awful. You know? I know. Um, the next one. We have the next few are tied at the exact same. Oh. Um, so number five for both lists is no sense of humor. Oh, yeah. That's so important. Mm-hmm. That is so, so important to have, to be on the same page with it. Yeah. Have yeah. the same type of sense of yeah. humor. And, uh-huh. um, and this, this is where you're... You, you kind of start firing off on all cylinders with, with your jokes and your inside jokes and the movies you watch and the comedy specials you enjoy and just the entertainment factor of having similar sense of humor is is a very big deal yeah. that I think people tend to discount. Uh-huh. I know, because I could not imagine like if we didn't have the same type of sense of humor and I was just a, a dead ass that was like, Huh, whatever. Yeah. Like I don't I don't really care for his stupid comedy shows or mm-hmm. well, That we, would be so weird. One of neither one of us we've never been like here you have to watch this. It's so funny. And the other one been like that wasn't very funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're both cracking up. <laughs> Which I tend to do that to everybody else. Uh-huh. Every, every, anytime oh you dude, have you seen this? This is so funny. I I I'm like That's not nope. funny. That's not funny to me. <laughs> I don't get a kick out of that. I, I know. And so, I know that that, and since I can't hide what I'm thinking, uh-huh. I, I I will never fake laugh, um, because I don't know how. Uh huh. But I tend to do that to everybody. It's like, <laughs> oh, dude, you gotta watch this. Check this out. Let me show you this video on YouTube. And I'm just like, okay, that's. I'm glad you think that's funny. I don't. I mean, that's not. Well, do you think that part of it is like. The well, the buildup that they give, and, they overhype it. Yeah, and then like sometimes maybe it's who the person is that's showing it to you. Maybe, you know, and you're like, "Fuck, come on, dude, really?" Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. um, but at least because I because I am pretty, I I get I overhype things sometimes. So yeah, too. but you and I knew. As friends, we had the same. Yeah, sense of humor. that's very true. We we liked the same movies, the same shows. We we remembered the same lines and would quote. I mean, we were really dialed in with that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, um, that's true. And I think that th- there are certain things that our our wheelhouse for humor is very broad. Mm-hmm. It's not just that. I mean, we can watch a. A dark, smart comedy like even a comedian like Anthony Jeselnik, yeah. <laughs> and be rolling on the floor laughing mm-hmm. and laugh just as hard watching Adam Sandler sing goofy songs. Yeah. So our spectrum of humor is very broad. That's true. And and we're not one of those people that you know, I I will laugh just as hard watching Zoolander mm-hmm. as I will watching Hangover. Mm-hmm. Two totally different. One is very smart. One is very, you know. A, clever you know clever with deeper sense of humor and mm-hmm. one is just slapstick idiotic humor yeah. and i we find them both entertaining <laughs> i know but there's some people that they just they don't have that um, they don't possess it themselves and their partner and them are on are on the separate page or on a different page i know you know mm-hmm. so have having not just having a sense of humor but having a similar sense of humor yeah um because that, that is something we talked about it on What Do You Bring to the Table. Mm-hmm. 
where everybody says, well, he has to have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And what you really mean is they need to have the same sense of humor as you. Right. Exactly. And they should have the same sense of humor as well, you. That's okay to, to have that on your list. And if you guys remember last week when we talked about the uh, the other stuff that people did that were that were deal breakers in short term was they can't be serious. Mm-hmm. People that don't know how to turn it off. Yeah. And so you might you may be like, well, if how can you say having sense of humor is important, but then being like, well, they're too they can't be serious. Mm-hmm. Well, they have too much. Yeah. Of the wrong sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. The, the mean, sense the, of humor that you don't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it ends up just getting annoying. Right. Uh, and then that's when it be when you become more committed. It becomes an even bigger issue, and mm-hmm. you're like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm <Right>. out. <laughs> <clears throat> well, and the, the sense of humor thing, it's relative it's, it's relative to who you grew up with mm-hmm. and how they were. I mean, I, I've, I've met people that had very easily entertained, not good barometers for funny mm-hmm. friends. And they all had zero sense of humor or lack of sense of humor or just didn't have a funny bone at all. And then this, the person had minimal sense of humor and they were like, oh, dude, you should be a stand-up comic. Oh, God. And then you find out, well, no, <laughs> yeah. you were just funny to the idiots that don't, that don't know what's funny. Uh-huh. You're not funny to anybody else. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that's something, self-awareness, that people just don't. I know. That just don't get. I and, and, and it's like heartbreaking for that person that has been told that they were funny their whole life. Yeah. Well, it's it's the same thing as those girls that grew up being told by their entire family in church that they could sing. That's true. <laughs> oh my god. And then they get on what's the stupid I don't know. What's the app? Yeah, I can't remember. But it's like a it's like a karaoke there's like this karaoke yeah, app. Yeah, it's like a karaoke app where you can sing with other people. Then you get on that and then you blast out there thinking you can sing and everybody's like who the fuck told her she could sing? <laughs> She can't sing at all, at all. But, but then nobody, nobody else that is like nobody close to her sits her down and say, "Hey, honey, shut your fucking mouth. You can't sing. You can't well, carry but a do tune." You think that, I mean, I know that there's some mean people that out there that will just say it anyway. Like, what the fuck? Listen to this dumb. dumb but, but then instead of some, what they do is people when they go back and like, oh, that that happened. At the- <laughs> this girl. Oh no. People, I won't admit that I was part of this or not. People at our high school, she sang at one of our events. People at our high school continually made fun of her for how she sang. Nicknamed her the goat because of how she sang. Uh-huh. And she was relentlessly teased about it. But she still like went on and she still went on and kept trying to sing. And what would happen is when she would go to her friends or her inner circle and say, oh, "Why is everybody making fun of me?" They would be like, "Oh, don't listen to them. Follow your dream." Instead of saying, "Well, they've got a point. You can't carry a fucking tune. That's why you got to nickname the goat. And you can't sing or shit." <laughs> Nobody wanted to be honest with her because it, they felt bad. It's like, well, everybody's already hurting her feelings. I'm not going to hurt her feelings right, as well. Exactly. And now you got somebody that's in their 40s singing on Facebook that can't carry a fucking tune, and we're all still just making fun of her. Oh my gosh! <laughs> in a different way. Aww. And it's like no, but it's the same thing with the sense of humor. Yeah. It, it, Nobody wants to 
be the bearer of that bad news that's like you're not funny and so (laughs) you're wrong we naturally get uncomfortable and especially once you grow out of that that mean streak of high school as adults you you hopefully grow out of that Mm -hmm. and you don't want to be the dude that's not funny at all But I think there is something to say going back to the, you're too blunt. Oh, I know. (laughs) That, how do you tell someone that, you know, that's awful at something, that they're awful at something when they think they're really good at it? Uh You know? I know. Or do you just let them hopefully figure it out on their own? But I mean, it's it's like walking around with a booger on your face. Yeah. Even when you see somebody like that, you feel bad being like, hey, hey, dude, you... You got a booger yeah. on your face. Wipe that off. Uh-huh. And so we just let them walk around with a booger on their face <laughs> until they finally see it in the mirror one day. Yeah. I know. And I that's hate what we that, do. Though. That's what we do with people that aren't skilled but think they are skilled. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm really good at this. Ugh. Well, hopefully one day you'll actually take a good hard look in the mirror and realize you're not good at it. Mm-hmm. But until then, I'm not going to be the one that burst your bubble. That's <laughs> true. Oh, my gosh. And that's it. All I y'all know. are walking around with just big boogers on your face. Uh-huh. Oh, And nobody's man. telling you to wipe them off. I know. And here we are telling all of them, yeah, you need to watch out because you're really not as good as yeah. as you've always thought you were or your family told you you were yeah. <laughs> at anything. Ask me. <laughs> I'll be honest. If you want to know if, if you can sing, send me a video. I'll tell you. I remember when uh, when you would you would say... The, to show whoever, for people to show you their kid, because you'd be honest mm-hmm. if they were really cute or not. <laughs> people were scared. People didn't want to. They know. were so scared, which tells me if you're scared that I'm going to think your kid ugly, that means deep down you know you your think, kid's ugly. You think your kid's yeah. ugly. <laughs> I know. That's funny. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, the the sense of humor thing. is <laughs> huge. Uh-huh. Um, the next one, this was this was funny, especially in today's age that I thought this was, I mean, we're in the top five now, and this is number four, long distance relationship. If they, and they specified, if they are three hours or more away, oh. it's a deal breaker. That is something that people tend to, I think, get attracted to early on, mm-hmm. but it's... I don't know one person that has weathered that storm. Mm-hmm. It always in. If you can't eventually be together, yeah, it won't fucking last. Yeah, it just won't. It never does. Yeah, uh, and we we've gotten that question a, a lot, lot. A lot. Can you guys do an episode on long distance relationships? And and the reason we haven't is because they don't work. Uh-huh. I mean, it would be a very short episode. Yeah, get out of it. That would be my advice. If there's not light at the end of the tunnel that is a confirmed light, if you're just stringing along on hope, and part of the problem with long-term relationships is usually, or I'm sorry, long-distance relationships is one person is very committed to having faith in one partner that isn't as committed as they are. Oh, yeah. It's long-distance relationships from our experience and the people we've talked to and connected with us are completely lopsided. Mm-hmm. One is very committed and wants to make it work, and the other one is meh, like whatever. Uh-huh. I'm in a different area code. I can bang whoever. Uh-huh. And they're very lopsided. Jeez. Huh? Now, I think that there are... I don't mean those of you that we we were in a committed relationship together, I have joined the military, and now I'm serving overseas, and 
I'm going to be here for three years. I'm not talking about that. I'm ta- And that's not what this is talking about. Mm-hmm. This is talking about those of you that met online and you live in different states or you live far away mm-hmm. and you haven't been able to identify any other deal breakers because you've never been on a physical date. You've never spent a physical night with one another. Yeah. You've never, you know, smelled each other. Well, with, with that, though, I think what I go to is... How are you guys in a committed relationship now? Like, well, because people in long distance relationships, they attach that to it. Well, I'm very committed to my girlfriend. Yeah. And she's a model in Wisconsin, (laughs) but I'm very committed to her. And she is to me. And it's, Uh it's, they use the word committed basically. And this is very mean that most people that say that, they're committed by proxy, not by choice. They, They couldn't be out dating anybody else anyway. That's true. And so they, they tend to label it that. Uh-huh. Um, but even those that could, and they intentionally pursue a virtual relationship initially that they hope blossoms into, you know. I mean, the end game should be you guys are physically together for long term, not just, oh, they live here, they live, I live here, and I go see them once every four or five months over the weekend. Uh-huh. The overwhelming feedback is once you're transitioning into committed there is no next step we're not getting engaged we sure shit aren't moving in together because we don't live near each other yeah we're not getting engaged because we don't ever see each other so there is no next step and that's something that people in long relationships don't understand or they are or one of them is i think one of them is probably delusional and the other one has their Maybe some, uh, most of their heads screwed on, right? And they're like, one of them's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, will you marry me or something online mm-hmm. or over the phone or something. And then all of it, or maybe they met in person too and they asked him to marry. And they're like, the other person that has their head screwed on, they're like, dude, this, I don't really see this working. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to move away from my life over here so i'm being more realistic about it <clears throat> is yours getting more spicy as you uh, get down to the bottom mm, uh, i mean i don't think so i guess like for me the spiciness is like i think it's getting even. more I, i'm liking the taste even more as i oh, get okay. as i get towards the bottom though but i don't think it's getting more spicy mm, okay mm-hmm. yeah i mean i mean i think the the long distance thing, and usually when one party ends up terminating that relationship, it's something that they knew they were going to do for months. Oh, yeah. They they knew months and months and months ago, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. This can't be long term. But it's like, well, I don't want to break their heart, and it's not like I have to see them, so That's whatever. True. So they, they unintentionally string the other person along. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. But th- that's where, you know, once again, you're talking about taking next step and you can't physically take the next step with each other if you aren't physically there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. The next one, once again, is the same for both. Number three is they are too needy. Mm. Not that they have needs. <laughs> that they're too needy. Yeah. Ugh. Do men and women have different versions of the word needy, needy. or clingy? Because I, I think... Men mean it different than 
women mean it. I think so, too. I think that women mean it like he... Well, maybe it's kind of similar, maybe. I think that a dude, a dude being too needy is being like, oh, oh, you're, you're leaving with your friends. Oh, don't you, but don't you want to spend time with me? But don't you think that's fault? And this is where I'm headed with. I think when women say this guy's too needy, I think it falls more into the category of the lack of self-confidence. That's true. Yeah. And I don't think for men it does. Uh-huh. I think for men, because if you take that exact same example that you just gave and flip it, I do think that's what men mean. I think that men, it, but it's not a self-confidence thing. I think it's a guy being like, I'm going out with the guys, and her being like, you're going out with him again? And he's like, oh my gosh, bitch, why are you so clingy? Uh-huh. Right. Give me some room to breathe. Yeah. You know, these, you know Saturdays are for the boys. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I think that that's what they mean. And I don't think women are as clingy and needy as men are. Uh huh. Oh, I know. I don't. But think I so think either. men overreact to a woman wanting yeah, to spend time with him. I know. Him. I think you that know, it, does that make sense? Yeah, I think that a guy like he looks weak mm-hmm. when he becomes when he is that way. And I do think that it it is more so of a. A self-confidence thing because it's like, fuck, dude, really? Well, I think I th- I think also for when women say he's too needy, I think it does fall into this. You know, of course, the self-confidence, but I think it's more of a this type of guy that really needs. What's the five, the affirmation thing? The oh, I know. he just needs constant encouragement that yeah. everything he does is great and everything he's doing is good and and he just needs that cheerleader of mm-hmm. a partner and women that are go-getters don't have time for that yeah i know well i look back and i uh, i remember breaking up with a dude because he was i felt that he was too needy and calling me every i mean it was this was before you know it wasn't like super super committed to thinking about engagement or anything but even before that, I was like, ugh, mm-hmm. no, stop. You're, I don't, I don't want you because you're wanting me so much. Yeah, you're way too readily available. Yeah, it's Well, weird. and I think that that's, I, I, but I think that there's different levels of that. I think that that's, that's a big turnoff when you're initially dating, getting mm-hmm. to know someone. But what does neediness look like? At Long this term, point, you're about yeah. to get engaged, and you're like, you know what? I can't marry this person. I can't move in with them. They're too needy. Because I think that you know, you're you're referring to, well, he wanted to call me every morning. He uh-huh. wanted to stay on the phone with me every night. He wanted to, you know, I had to page him here, you know, whatever, you know, uh-huh. high school type of stuff, which is not that 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 that's not needy, but I think it's a different type of needy. Well, I think I even look at my most recent ex, and I think that he was needy too. Mm-hmm. He was needy to the point where it was like, you feel like they can't take care of themselves. Okay. And, you know, I think I've mentioned it on here before, like, oh, calling me while I'm at work, like, mm-hmm. where's the bread? I don't know. The bread is, 
I'm not home. You're the one that is home. Mm-hmm. It's it should be right there. We just bought bread yesterday, you know, and or I don't know, just little things like that. Really, mm-hmm. that you're like, can't you just fucking take care of yourself? Yeah, it's it's, it's not, like leaving a kid at home and then yeah, wishing you would have got a babysitter. Right, exactly. <laughs> those need those needs that they need you there at all times because they can't take care of themselves. And I think that that's really where it differs because mm-hmm. I think most women want their men at home with them to be with them. Uh-huh. Not that they can't eat, clean, cook, and survive without the man, mm-hmm. but that's how the man typically is when a woman says he's too needy. It's it's exactly what you said. Yeah. He can't survive without me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's... That's a turnoff. Oh yeah, uh huh. I know it's funny because like with with these, with some of these, and even last week's, for me, it was it, these these things didn't seem like a big issue in the beginning of our relationship, but then as I as I lived and the years went by and everything, all of these things became more and more of an issue. Mm-hmm. and eventually becoming deal breakers and eventually me telling myself or asking myself do i want to live my life like this forever mm-hmm. and it was a deal breaker and the relationship ended yeah yeah i, I mean it's like i said before there's there's no right or wrong mm-hmm. deal breakers um but you need to know what they are and you need to i think it's okay to not waver on them but I think that sometimes it changes, though, too. It does, yeah. Well, and that's mm-hmm. I think that's why we see these different yeah. levels of a relationship to where it does change. Mm-hmm. And I think that your initial deal breakers is really just for face value. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to do the shallow kind of petty ones next week, but I think those are more in line with face value. That's where you're, you know, it's, I, I know I compare like the car shopping thing mm-hmm. a lot, but... If you know, you know, what are you looking for? Do you know you just want a certain color car? Or do you know that you want a make and model in a certain year and the color is secondary? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, you need, you need to decide what you are going to unwaver, be unwavering on and what you're not. Right. Um, and so I think it's easier initially to be like, well, I want a guy or a girl that isn't going to, you know, that, you know, we have to have a spark. They have to take care of themselves. They have to have a job. They have to have a car. They have to be a good kisser. All those things should be givens. That's mm-hmm. really your given list. That's kind of like your, your no shit. I'm not even entertaining a second date if you don't meet these. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, you've met those. You've mm-hmm. passed phase one. Yeah. Now phase two is I can trust you. You aren't addicted to drugs. You don't, you know, you're, when I come visit your place, you don't live like a pig. You're not lying to me. You seem to have a healthy sex drive. You seem to, you know, you don't have a lot of friends of the opposite sex calling you and hanging around. We're good to go. Yeah. All right. Now let's move in together. Uh-huh. Okay. We're moving in together. Now we're getting, next step is getting engaged. But while we're living together, I found out that you don't know when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you have, we have bad sex. I've realized that since we're sharing a TV now, we don't have the same sense of humor and what we want to watch. You don't want kids and I do, Uh you know, and so that's where these things start to kind of show up. So your deal breakers 
mature with the relationship mm-hmm. and just evolve. I, I guess evolve is a better word than mature, but your deal breakers tend to evolve based on where you're at in your relationship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the last two, number one's and number two, uh, they're swapped mm-hmm. for men and women. Number two for men is she can't be lazy. And number two for women is he can't be uh, disheveled and unclean. Mm. And then it's swapped. So number one, how they, how they I've, you've probably heard me talk about the percentages. What they mean is when they say like 60, it, it's not 63% of men said this. It means out of the 2,744, disheveled and unclean was number one 63% of the time. Mm-hmm. For women, it was 71% of the time, but it was still number two because one is la- lazy is number one for them. Yeah. So 72% of the women's number one was that the man is too lazy. Yeah. And this explains why the too much video games and stuff I is know. on there as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. But lazy and being unclean are the top two for, for both, mm-hmm. which... I guess I'm surprised that disheveled and unclean is that high just because I would think that would be something that was identified early, early on. on. Right, I know. And maybe it really is that, well, now we've moved in, they did a really good job keeping up appearances, and now that we're living together... Yeah, they can't. They don't clean the house and stuff. Well, maybe that, it's... That was one of my problems with my ex, was uh-huh. those, those little simple things of how are you going to pile clothes on top of the laundry lid i mean i remember us getting in a knockdown drag out fight because i was like you are literally not doing this lift you're not moving your arm six inches that's all you're not doing so (laughs) i'm gonna take the fucking lid off of the hamper so you don't have to worry about opening it Mm -hmm. and we got in a huge fight about it and it was just one of those things like how you are walking to the laundry room, uh-huh. you are taking your clothes off at the hamper, and you are choosing to pile them on. There was one point in time I went to do laundry. There was just my stuff in the hamper, not one article of her clothes in the hamper. It all weeks was on it and around it. She refused to lift the fucking lid to the hamper. Oh, my Drove God. me absolutely insane. And it's like, what? are you doing how how can you not do that yeah and so it wasn't that she was unclean or disheveled but Mm -hmm. those type of things you don't realize Mm -hmm. that's how somebody's behaviors are until you move you're living with them Mm -hmm. i know You, you, you don't realize how much of a pig someone is until you're with them 24 hours a day yeah i know and i think that most everybody has their little they're little things that they do that I guess you don't really, you can look past. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with that because I think that, I think that if you're going to move in with some, I mean, okay, let's, let we can even pick on ourselves. You want the toilet paper roll mm-hmm. the way it's supposed to be on there. Mm-hmm. Okay. The patented way. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Uh-huh. I'll put it on there that way. Uh-huh. I hadn't put it on there that way until we moved in together my entire life. Well, not your entire life, but when you were with your ex at least. Yeah, I guess. Uh-huh. I, I never noticed. Well, let uh-huh. me just put it that way. I never noticed how big of a deal it was. And I knew that it went the other way because my ex wanted 
cats, and if a cat gets a hold of a toilet paper roll going that way, they'll unspool the whole thing. Yeah. I didn't care one way or the other which way it goes. That's how she wanted it. When I moved in with you, you did it this way. I was like, huh, you put the toilet paper on backwards. And you were like, no, that's the right way. (laughs) You had more attitude about it than I did. (laughs) And I was like, okay. It was a non-issue. Yeah. I'm not a spiteful asshole that's going to be like, fuck you, I'm putting it on this way. Uh And it's the same concept that we've had on here and talk about dudes closing toilet lid. If your wife wants you to close the toilet lid, don't be a fucking prick. Close the toilet lid. Don't turn it into a debate about anything. If your partner is saying, you know what, I like this done this way. And if it's something that is completely in your control, don't be a spiteful little fuck about it and just do it. (laughs) And so that's how I feel about other... And that's why I would get in such fights about... Because it really wasn't the the thing itself. It was the principle Mm -hmm. behind, I am asking you, lift the fucking lid to the hamper hamper and just put your... That's all I'm asking. Just please do that for me. And it was a big fuck you from her that you aren't going to tell me how to put my clothes around the hamper, ever. And that's what I see so many couples in relationships doing that thing. Mm -hmm. Like, they just do it on purpose. Like, you, you know I hate it when you put a swig of milk in the carton back in the fridge and then you just do it just to fuck with them Mm -hmm. just to piss them off and that's one of the things that we just don't do no Uh -uh. (laughs) yeah it's like why do you want why would you want to make your partner because you're making your own life more miserable yeah you you may think you're getting back at your partner because they're acting like a twat about it (laughs) but you're in the long run you're the one that's going to suffer from it you, well, I mean, they're well, not going to be in a good mood. You you're not going to have yeah. sex. You're not going to communicate. I mean, those little things can really damage your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then those little things become big things eventually. But I think that that's where when you're moving into this progression of your relationship and you're getting to know one another it, in a way of cohabitating, you have to listen to what the other person says. Yeah. And simple things that you may... If if the if the good angel bad angel argument on your shoulder that you have in your own head is, you know she likes the cups loaded in the dishwasher this way, well I've always done it this way. If you go to well what's it hurt? When I load the dishwasher I'm doing it this way. When she loads it she can do her own. Just do it the way she wants you to do it, dude. Mm-hmm. Don't make a federal fucking case about it. <laughs> you know I, I guess I just don't I just don't I get that that approach that people have with this this blatant you're not going to tell me what to do well i wonder though i mean i'm trying to think of anything else that like where it's justified well no not not necessarily justified but like with if there was something specific that you wanted me to do a certain way or something that you know i would just do it anyway uh I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, I mean, the toilet paper thing is the biggest thing with, with our relationship, but I don't think that I would get on to you, well, maybe I would get on to you if, if you were doing the, loading the dishwasher the wrong way, but I think that just being on the same page as someone. Well, and I think some of it is, is, 
and I, I don't I don't even know what I could point to because it's just second nature now. But I, I know that I probably do things the way that I saw you do them, mm-hmm. and I just subconsciously knew. Well, she likes it done this way. Mm-hmm. I'll do it that way. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't this. I guess it's I'm not I'm not one of those people that's like I'm so set in my ways I have to do it this way. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. It seems like just really recently I was like this drives me nuts. But it really wasn't. It wasn't. I don't think it was something that you had done. I can't remember what it was. Can you remember? I don't know. It seems like there was something that that was just done. I can't remember. If it was because we had people over or, I don't know. Um, Because I can get a little OCD with certain stuff, but Uh it's not. I don't think you're that bad, though. Yeah, I don't uh, think you are at all. It's not anything that that you do that I'm like, this goes right here. You know, Uh it's it's not like that. Yeah. Um, Uh So I think part of it is we're we're both easygoing with stuff. Yeah. And we're not idiots. (laughs) That's true. You know, we're just perceptive people that see what the other one does. Uh-huh. Um, and if you see, like, like how I do the corners when I make the bed, you don't know how to do that. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I know. That's a good, that's a good example. And it's not that it's a big deal to me. No. It's just, that's how I make the bed because that's how I was taught to make and it. I, and I have watched you make it and I just, I try to, I try to do it like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just do it better than I do. But and it's not that I've ever gotten in bed being like, Ugh, you didn't put the right corners on the bed, did you? <laughs> I know. That's the other thing. We we don't challenge each other with no. it. Like we don't look for a fight out Mm-mm. of any of it. Um, so I think it's really just being a decent partner all around with that type of stuff. Yeah, to each other. It's not it's not him or her. It's it's both of you just being able to to talk through it. You know your wants and your likes and your dislikes and. Mm-hmm. In the relationship, and of course, all of this is going to be communication. Yep. Being able to com- communicate effectively with your partner, and you know, voice your concerns and stuff in the beginning when mm-hmm. when you should, if you want this relationship to to go farther. Yeah. And and this this is the point in your relationship where you. You need to have those quote-unquote petty conversations. Those little problem conversations need to happen now so you're not married five years down the road and you hate each other because somebody rolls the chip bag up the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know? Get that shit out of the way now. Yeah. Communicate it. And that's, that's how you don't have resentment for one another. Right, right, exactly. You know? mm-hmm. um, I do th- you know, that, that, that really kind of takes us through all of that. Uh if you have not joined our Facebook group, please do because I really want to put out. Next week we're going to talk about the shallow deal breakers. I want to hear them. I want to hear some of the horrible things that people have said. You know, I didn't go out with this person again because, because he or she did whatever, mm-hmm. or they had this. You know, they drove this kind of car. Mm-hmm. He, they wore these kind of pants. You know, yeah. they wore oh, a, man, a black I'm... belt with brown shoes. <laughs> You know, that, oh, you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't get a second date out of me. Yeah, I don't know you wouldn't. <laughs> so, we, you know, we want to hear some of those shallow deal breakers. So we'll yeah. post it back up there over, over the um, next couple days. Or yeah, something. yeah. Because this this will come out Tuesday. Uh huh. So. Yeah. So yeah, we'll post it. We've already time. by the time you hear this, we've already posted. Yeah. It. Oh, so I'm if sure. you haven't joined the group, join. Throw your two cents in there. 
uh-huh. for what shallow deal breakers you've used or you've heard used or whatever. So yeah, I can't wait for next week. It's going to mm-hmm. be a good It'll one. Be a fun one. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else to add for this week. I'm excited for next week's episode. I hope you guys are as well. Uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.